For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 138 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, hockey season is here. Obviously, we're a couple weeks in, uh, busy. The mailbag's filling up. We had crickets at us, attacking us last week. I thought you had cricket wireless. Uh, for a phone plan, but I guess it was just the crickets outside your uh, your garage. The I, I should say, you know, beautiful studio that you had. So we got to get that cricket problem fixed. But uh, how's everything going? Not good. Yeah, the crickets kind of were bothering me, but I did go out there and do some uh, exterminating. Uh, found one of them and made them pay a little bit with a little fly swatter, but um, wasn't enough. Uh, so I'm back in the house. Not in the studio. One of those old hockey sticks. <laughs> I know, yeah, the big paddle. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, quiet weekend on the coaching side. Um, nice. But my uh, yeah, my daughter did have her first two games. They tied and won. Uh, but the big story is that she got her braces off. Nice, so, big one for Brooke. Yeah, yeah Brookie Cookie. You know, no more. Uh, tinsel teeth and you know she's uh she's ready to go now i love it right right to the bazooka joe you know big league chew <laughs> some now and laters like all that type yeah. of stuff to really corn on the cob and enjoy when you got the uh the crate the the you know the braces the railroad going, tracks. Show. Yeah, yeah the railroad tracks that's a you know that's a it was a tough stage did you ever have braces I did not. I was talking uh, with my dad today about it. It's like back in the day, you kind of got uh, made fun of a little bit, but now it's a little bit of a rite of passage. Kids own it and you know set mm. themselves up to have nice teeth moving forward. So it's kind of it's kind of a nice little turn of events. Um, all my kids had them, and uh, we're, we're done with those payments, which is nice. So oh, that's on to uh, bright smiles uh, during the Christmas card this year. I had them, and I, I mean, I don't know what happened. I must have forgot to put in the, um, you know, the, the the headgear at night or something like that after I uh, I was supposed to wear them because that you know, I got the old you could the field goal post at, in the middle here. I look like Bunzo Burn or something. I could uh, kick a field goal. Uh, yeah, between you, you the, Bunzo the jibs, and you know Michael Strahan. It, yeah, it just goes to show you how bad they actually were um that's what i whenever i smile i just try to keep the mouth shut but that's great for brooke uh obviously uh she owned the braces and now she's gonna own them you know beautiful face without them on but a that's mean right. face when she's playing hockey was she in the eye black this weekend yeah uh, the, the eye black the face, but she likes to put on the war paint that's just for the playoffs oh yeah, yeah just uh no. using her new boots from uh tsr so she broke yes. them in on Thursday night and uh, got them going this weekend. So she was buzzing around and good to uh, good to have those guys take care of her and you know a couple of twigs and 
So we'll we'll get into the TSI reading in a little bit, but uh, you know, thanks thanks to them for hooking up Brooke and and Ryan. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. Um, what do you think before I get into my weekend? I know you had some experience with Mike Babcock. Uh, what are your thoughts on that whole crazy scenario? Not that I want to talk too much about it because I think the guy's a complete loser. But uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I would say I had him in training camp in Anaheim. He's a very prepared. He's a very, say, good X's and O's coach. You know, like those training camp stuff that I still use today that, you know, I kind of had seen for the first time. And this is my third year pro. So he does. He's very systematic, um, kind of articulates what he wants done in a good manner. But, you know, a lot of nonsense goes with it. And, you know, this this story that broke, it's it's unfortunate um, that he has to play these type of games. And I've heard many uh, other stories through some former players, but. I just think, it, you know, he's a psychology major. He's trying to get an upper hand in the, the power between the coach and the players. And this is just not the way you do it. He just, I mean, it's just not the way the players react uh, to nowadays. And uh, at the end of the day, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but just p- getting off on a bad foot, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, it's no way to start it. I think it's, you know, everything that Witt and Biz and those guys said on Chicklets. Um, and, you know, some people have probably haven't seen it, the social media clips, right, where they said that he calls people into a meeting and, and he puts up their, you know, basically puts up their phone and starts going through photographs and, and oh, it's a get to know you type of exercise. Like I said, we were I was on that Chicklets live stream during the playoffs, and and I think it was Merrill's or Army. One of those guys was asking about what you know. What do you think about Babcock potentially going to Columbus? And I'm like, the guy's a jerk. Like enough is of this this old school recycling of coaches where like the same five guys have coached 15 different teams in the NHL, and inevitably after every one of them, stories come out that the guy's the biggest jerk in the in in the world. Um, the Babcock ones more than ever. And it's like, why, why, why are we continuing to go down this path? There's so many young up and coming guys that you could give an opportunity to that players will respond to that are this new age of coach, but you know, that this Hato that thinks he's, uh, you know, this psychologist and, and he thinks he's like this big, crazy tough guy, which maybe he is, but I just can't stand to look at the guys even face. So, uh, I think everything that they they say um, that they said they got it's factual, and you know now players are kind of backpedaling, and I think now it's on the NHLPA to really step in, interview each one of these players, uh, interview young kids, young draft picks, guys like Adam Fantilli that have you know are now uh, you know eighteen year old, nineteen year old future superstars in this league, and all right, how did this really go down? Right. Isn't I don't know much about the NHLPA, but I would think that that's what Marty Walsh was hired to do, along with whoever the player representatives are. Uh, I know Matthew Schneider was there for a number of years, but I I don't think he is anymore. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's different regional representatives, you know, so they have a group of teams. And then, of course, Marty Walsh uh, is the the head guy. But, yeah, they're going to get to the bottom of it. I just think that. There's a way, you know, where the players need to be protected from. 
I mean, and again, I we've heard him bullying players. This is a form of bullying where you, you know, he try he tries to spin it by saying he just wants to get to know the guys, and you know, it's been misconstrued. Yeah, go have a coffee when, with him in the morning and talk to him and ask him questions. Yeah, right. So, you know, one of our guys, you know, backstage here was was saying like, when you talk to someone usually volunteer your phone to show a picture versus someone asking I, you would never ask someone to see pictures in their phone right unless they right. volunteer it so that's just you know a social norm in my opinion so it, it, it is out of bounds and uh they you know like i said they'll get they'll get to the bottom of it and hopefully it, uh it shakes out well enough for the players and things kind of like i don't know i thought it was a bad hire to begin with but it was hey, what do i know it was, and they haven't even got to training camp yet, and they already got this nonsense that they're dealing with. So yeah, it's a lightning it's, round. Yeah, it's gonna. Uh, we'll see what it, it's going to be interesting to kind of track here and, and and watch. And Columbus, I think, definitely came out, released a statement way too quick without any doing without doing any homework on their own. So uh, you know, the the president, GM, everybody, the head coach, it's on these guys, right? John Davidson. Uh, what's his name? Is it Kikalainen? Going to be interesting to see what happens with good old Babs and you know management team and things like that. But I think it's just ridiculous. Um, I was listening to something not too long. I think it was about Barry Trotz, right? And they talked about him getting to know guys. It was an, it was Hal Gill talking about on Chicklets, talking about Barry Trotz and how good of a person he was and coach and communicator and. I think it was uh, Con. Who who are the? Um, it was one of the guys that was in Montreal. Constantine, not Constantinov. Uh, the name will will come to me, but whoever it was, he was like, you know, Hal Gill had played with him in in Montreal, and he was like, Kuznetsov. Oh, like, yes, Kuz. No, not K- not Kuznetsov. Um, yeah, there was like two brothers, Kostitsin, Kostitsin. K- yes, yeah, Kostitsin. It was one of the Kostitsin. Hal was like. Oh man, like what's he been like, type of thing. And uh, he's like night and day as a teammate. And he ended up having, um, you know, I guess Trotz like went in every single day, had like a bowl of cereal and a coffee with him. And he became like, he got to know him, he got to know his personality. And then he ended up, you know, becoming a, a, a really good player in Nashville and a really good teammate. But like that's sitting down and actually getting to know your players, not your. Your your phone reels like are you kidding me? What a joke! And so like put a cherry on it, I guess you know we, we don't have to talk too much. And we were like, yeah, let's know, not beat it up. Going on for ten minutes, but we uh you know like as a coach, you know you want your players to play you know the right way, and you want them to play pretty much for you, and they have to be able to respect what you're saying. If there's no respect there in this day and age, you know we. Before it was a bullying tactic, like a Mike Keenan, he's mm-hmm. old school, you know, the, the Sutters to some degree, you know, but they were still kind of good enough at getting to know you. And we, I played for Brent, so it was, he was a little different than maybe Daryl. But at the end of the day, they cared. They cared about you. This guy just seems like he just is an egomaniac, you know, a power tripping coach that's not going to fly. Where when he tells you something to do, you don't really want to go through the wall for the coach because he's, you know, playing these silly mind games. 
So there's a no. fine line there because the coach needs to have some arm's length, but you also need to know your players. And what I was uh, I said before was like Jacques Lemaire was more of a psychologist. You know, he had great X's and O's, but he knew how to push buttons at the right times for each player. And that's like a sign of a good coach because you, you kind of have a pulse on on your personnel. And right. instead of just this blanket, you know, this is what I'm saying and this is, you know, like a fear factor. So, right. again, we'll see how it goes. But uh, disappointing news out of, out of Columbus. You know, they had the most man games lost. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be more competitive. And, you know, you want the best for some of the guys that are there, especially um, our guy Johnny Goudreau and, you know, yeah. Fantilli coming in as a rookie, you know, his first right. day. You have guys like Wierenski and, and, and some, you know, Ken some Johnson. people there. Right, that are really good players. And, um, you know, they yeah, I love Boone Jenner, too. Right. In right. his game, yeah. Well, good job putting a little, uh, you know, bow tie on that. That was good. Um, Frank on Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Not Mike, Mike Babcock, that's for sure. Uh, but check out their line of NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. No matter what NHL team, they have it all. So make sure you hit them up at franklinsports.com and, uh, yeah, and let can, them know. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you, you, you know, the season's ramping up. But you always, once you start getting into the rank, you want to keep working on your game off the ice. You know, grab that stick handling ball, shooting targets, whatever. Find a spot and keep working on your game. And everything you need is at franklinsports.com. Yeah. Hey, you got to keep working, right? You're on the ice two, three, four, five days a week, whatever it is. And people are always asking the mailbag and pick up your training tools. It's huge. Uh, yeah. it, it really is. There's only so much ice time. Um, yeah, it was a little bit opposite, I guess I would say, for me than than your weekend. It was uh, a busy one here. We we jumped in the car Friday morning, headed up to good old Rochester, New York. Um, Liam and I. Was the grass green? Very green. Yeah. Yep, beautiful. It was actually one of the parents uh, on my team. The first thing he said to me, I'm like, "Is this dude messing with me?" <laughs> Oh, because when we talked to Reason, it, like you said it, but like you told me this last time you were there. I no, I was like taking pictures of the lawns and sending them to you, and uh, <laughs> so, so I swear to God, I pull up to the hotel like a few of the families had gone the night before. Uh, I didn't go up till Friday morning, so we got in the car like you know six forty-five, bombed up there. I uh, got pulled over by a trooper, and um, you know, so, but he was a, he was a good guy, so that that was you know fortunate for me, lucky for me, so a mass day trooper, luckily. Um, but good guy. Like I said, I was able to, I think he was a fan of the shrinks. So, uh, that was, that was nice. a positive, but by the time I got up there and made good time. And one of the, the first thing I like, see a father and son on the team in the, in the, uh, in the parking lot. He's like, Oh, he's like, just got back from a hike. He's like, it's beautiful up here. He goes, what an unbelievable, like just grass everywhere. Like this place. And I'm like, is he, I'm like, he must have heard me talk about this before. You know what I mean? Like, is he messing with me? But I don't think he was. He could have been. If he was, great on him because uh, I love that stuff anyways. I I would have flipped it if it was me. But, um, yeah, beautiful place up there. A uh, lot of really good teams. It was a, uh, you know, our team in the 2000, uh, our, I'm sorry, our age bracket at the 2011 age group had, I believe it was 32 teams in um 
you know, in our division and, um, you know, really, really good competition, played some teams from, from all over really. Right. And it's nice to go to different tournaments and thanks to our friends at my hockey rankings, right. They put them all in good spots. So we played some good games, obviously, you know, some different kids on the team this year. So we got into it and, uh, ended up winning a great game in the, um, the Saturday night quarterfinal game, uh, beat a New Jersey Titans team and it, in overtime, which was a great game back and forth and uh, played at RIT, which they built a, a brand new rink a few years ago. Beautiful yeah. spot up there, Mont. Oh, and green grass around that too. But uh, what a rink, really nice facility. They were nice enough to host a, a couple of the games in the, uh, in the tournament. And um, so that was, that was great. So we, we knocked them off and then played the Pittsburgh, um, you know, Pit, Pittsburgh Pens elite in the morning and uh, we're able to beat them. So we made it all the way to the finals, ran into, uh, you know, a really good mid-field team that we've played a bunch throughout the years. And uh, good game, three, you know, it was a 3-1 game. You know, we were a little flat. They came out strong. You know how it goes. And they mm-hmm. got a couple of empty netters. Trying to get something going. I pulled the goalie a little early. And so it ended up being 5-1, but... Really good start to the season. Really competitive. Saw a lot of guys up there. A couple uh, BC boys up there. There, there was a dude, there was so many people up there asking about how's Mott's doing, but like nonstop. <laughs> That's great that you get out there and, <clears throat> like you said, my hockey rankings, kind of slotting the teams appropriately and you have good competitive games throughout. And you know, again, like when you play against good teams and you know some they're starting to play some pretty good hockey at that age group you know and moving pucks and have to kind of do the right things it's it's pretty uh i'm sure it's pretty rewarding to see you know like when you're coaching and kind of implementing some stuff and the boys have to execute under pressure yeah no it's good it was really good and they you know i think the biggest thing too is um you know obviously getting away early in the year and it's not a crazy crazy trip right you can you can drive up there and um you know relatively inexpensive i would say even though like any it's an expense right you're 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 away but it's a good bonding experience for parents and kids and everybody hanging out and getting on the same page and it was cool obviously greg and chris collins um you know uh, Greg played with me up at UNH and Chris played at BC a little bit behind you. We were like the same years and they, um, you know, but really, really good guys. Ben McManama was, uh, is, is up there. I look over the first game we have Chris, uh, Chris and Benny Mack, uh, doing the scoreboard. I'm like, Jesus, they, they get you guys doing everything, but they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're running the tournament and stuff and just pitching in Friday afternoon. Obviously kids are in school, no scorekeepers show up. And they're, uh, you know, they're organized, but they do a really good job. Obviously, they have the the Roco program that plays up there, which is a really strong program. And, you know, at the older age, at the midget age groups, 14s, 16s, 18s, uh, all the way up there, the the Bishop Kearney, um, you know, boarding uh, prep school midget program that they have going on there, uh, academy, I should say, which is uh, really good. And able to catch up with those guys a little bit and, and uh, reminisce about the good old days and have a couple cold ones. So that's always fun. That's great. You know, nothing uh, better, better than a few uh, hotel lobby beers and oh, catching yeah. up with some friends. Yeah. No, that's, that's what great. it's all about. No, it's good. Did. And then the other two were, were busy as well. They each had a couple games. One was home and home with Mount St. Charles calling with the, uh, at the U 14 age group, which I guess were, 
really geek, great games back and forth. I wasn't able to make them, but uh, down at the old Mount Mount uh, Mount Rink, which I haven't been there in about twenty five years, but uh, still looks the same except for the chain link. Um, yeah, they upgraded the uh, the chain. <laughs> they upgraded line. to glass, but uh, I guess that was really good games, and uh, at, you know, back and forth with those guys. Ryan kicked off his season up at up at uh, you know Central Mass Penguins. There, their midget team, and um, he had a couple goals. On I think they played Providence on Saturday. A couple goals, few points on Saturday, and the game winner versus the uh, the Eagles on Sunday in overtime. So he nice. was you know, flying high, yeah buzzing after the summer so everybody's excited in in the swing of things yeah that's great yeah we got an upcoming schedule we're, we're playing mount friday night nice uh time slot 7 30 at saint sebastian's and then we nice. got the eagles at divine uh saturday and then uh the bruins uh junior bruins so nice weekend coming up for us uh we <clears throat> so we played in that that uh, Labor Day tournament, and you know, mm-hmm. I was like back to school for a lot of the prep school kids, so right. they get locked in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> getting back to school, so it was a weekend off, and back at it this weekend with some uh, stiff competition, and you know, we'll see uh, how things shake out. But I did want to mention about uh, I busted my phone up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of I, I, I just figured for, you were duck. I just figured you were ducking me on my, no, my way home. I, I was I was dog for a couple of days, mowed the lawn, and so I get a black truck, black phone, sitting on the tailgate, throw the grass clippings in the back to go to the dump, mm-hmm. and I shut the tailgate and it smashed. Like, oh. you know, it slid down and went into the the bed and like you know where the tailgate comes together. And I thought like, Babcock was showing up to. Uh, to <laughs> yeah, I was just smashing my phone. Yeah, you're like, you, no. I don't want you to see my tailgate. I was just smashing your phone. <laughs> I'm no. not showing you shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my, I just went over to Gadgetex and it took a little time, but uh, my my buddy Tom Powers at Gadgetex took care of it. Um, kind of re, kind of rebuilt my phone pretty much. Um, you know, more refurbished, but uh, he's a great, great dude. Wait, to carry. So he's still the same phone. Well, kind like of. Didn't... Yeah, no, no. He you goes. No, they make they make new phones. I know, but he goes. I kind of have you walking around with this, so he gave me a new back and new uh, screen and whatnot. So, thanks to Tommy Powers, <laughs> T T Money, you know, taking care of the kid. So. But uh, yeah, back up and running. So anytime you text me and I don't get back to you, that means I'm ghosting you. <laughs> I just it, it's working. Such a caveman that you went and got <laughs> your yeah. phone like legitimately refurbished. Like you probably do. I know you got the Cricket Wireless, but you you probably do for an upgrade. Like they yeah. they, they upgrade those phones. Like every couple of years, you can get some type of deal. You you're on like the iPhone seven they're on like the 17 yeah it's kind of funny because my dad told me a story the uh a couple weeks ago i guess now but um he's like yeah i just went to verizon and uh i got a new battery in my phone and i'm like dad you're probably so i'm i'm beating him up a little bit i'm like you're probably due for an upgrade guy yeah and he's like He's like, nah, I'm all set. Like, I think this is the first phone he had from like the Nextel, and the one before that was like, uh, you know, like the the bag phone in the truck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I'm like, Dad, you, your battery sounds great. You sound great. And he's like, he's just like, whatever. So we uh we had a good laugh about that. But I guess that's where I get it from. I don't I'm not sure, but like I break I, some phones. I, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. But uh yeah, he has an iPhone like too. So and you're I'm, on the four. Yeah, I'm a little ahead of him <laughs> in the technology game. <laughs> like there's no way that your make a phone can support like the um the the data or whatever it is you know what i'm trying to say like the the, the service <laughs> like the software software yeah you know what i mean no like when, hey, those, hey. when they get old the software is too it's too old for your phone you know what i mean like yeah that's so why, the, like you, you, you tom gave me an upgrade that's all i can say it's like a new phone so, but it did have to get like I had to wait eight hours and forty one minutes for me to like kind of yeah that was your phone reboot updating because you're on the you, no it's no because it got years. locked out so it was like I, it's an Apple thing or whatever so but eight hours yeah, it's, an, it's a motto thing yeah if you got a brand new phone you would have been fine kind of it would have taken you six minutes but it, I don't know if I would have got my data I got my data back after like a little bit of a scare. After that was eight hours, it was like, uh-oh. I punched in my code, and it was like, yeah, updating or recovering, recovering data. Next thing you know, data recovery failed. I'm like, wow, whoops. So I had to go back to Tom and see what he could do. He, kids, he, he works magic. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we should we should get him as a sponsor. We should get him on for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, awesome. Just, he's he's got a have some stories about you and the, the this phone situation. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. a hockey guy. We'll get yeah. him on on a mailbag. Talk about his men's league. <laughs> Just talk about his men's league and talk about like the condition your phone was in before he showed up here. Well, that's yeah. great. We're, um, we're we're good. Uh, we're very good customers. Very Model good family. customers. Yeah. Very good customers. Um, Mott, let's get into our interview. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's a good one. We had we would you know lucky to be joined by Katie Joe West, who is a you know power skating coach. She's working with you know tons of people across the league, from youth hockey all the way up to NHL. She's a, a great follow on Instagram, where I know we pick up a bunch of different things. And you know, like like any good people, right, Mott? We try to learn from everybody, and and she's one of those girls. She's uh. She's fantastic. And look at us with a couple female guests in a row. Like, Love it. Not bad. You know, giving back. It, good stuff. Yeah, I know. She's great. She's she's current. Uh, she knows what, he, what she's talking about. And uh, as far as getting her on, she had some good energy about, like, she's passionate. That, that's what you want to be. And mm -hmm. um, when, when she talks about skating, it's like it's not the, the – the funnest thing to do but she brings such a good energy when she's on the ice and her uh her students and and her um you know the guys that she works with definitely kind of connect and understand that it is the foundation that needs to be in place to be a good hockey player absolutely well uh this interview with katie joe west is brought to you by tsr hockey TSR is located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs. They have the apparel. They have, you know, CCM, Bauer. Obviously, Mots, you went up there. They took care of you, right? Our good buddies up there. You can get them online, tsrhockey.com. 
Uh, they have everything, everything in stock, always skate sticks, you name it. Uh, you can reach out to their team store if you're looking for apparel, swag, all that stuff. Call Mike or Dave, 603-912-5970. March, you got anything else for me? Yeah, you know what? Those guys really do take care of you and, you know, what we personally know them. Uh, but they are very honest. And like you mentioned it last week, you know, you get up there and they're not going to just, you know, oversell you know, like the highest price thing. So they really do care and, and take care of you and they have the biggest selection around. So make sure you check them out at TSRHockey.com or check them out up in Salem when you're in the area. And now time for the interview. All right. And our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast is a power skating coach, uh, most formally known as the real Katie Joe, as uh, as we know her by her Instagram. She's famous for her uh, pink overalls that she's on the ice with, staying warm. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Katie Joe West. How's everything going? Hey, thank you. Um, everything is going pretty well. I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. And, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, you know, hockey is a small community in general. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. big, you know, youth levels or whatever. But Brian and I, you know, we're chatting, we're, we're doing our own camps and stuff. I'm like, hey, have you seen this uh, Katie Joe? Like she does some amazing stuff. I was watching on Instagram and the way you present it and the way you can demonstrate it. And he's like, yeah, you know, he, he got on and he's like, these are some really good stuff. So we've implemented a lot of your, you know, skating techniques into our, uh, you know, programs and stuff. So we really appreciate your expertise. And do you mind starting from the beginning? Like, can you tell us your story or tell our, our listeners your story and kind of how you got yeah. into it? That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, it's so interesting because everyone is like, you're a figure skater or are you a figure skater? Were you a figure skater? And yes. Um, but that was a, it was like a completely different life. So, um, I, I identify now as a hockey skating coach, um, because it is completely different. Um, so yes, I began skating as a figure skater. Um, but my coaching journey has been now longer than my figure skating career was. So, um, at 16 years old, I was still training. Um, and one of the local coaches who he was practicing with his junior team on, um, the other sheet of ice, I came off the ice and he walked by and said, your edge work is incredible. Would you teach it to my hockey players in my summer camp? And I was like, uh, yeah, I I'm guess. 16, I guess. <laughs> like, sure. Like I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Um, and so I went out, um, to his camp. In figure skates because that's what I knew and I did all this edge work and these guys who it's so bizarre they were like my age um but needless to say I did the edge work much better than they did and they said oh it's because you're in figure skates so the following week for that same camp I put on a pair of my brother's old skates which they were like two sizes too big but I was going to prove a point and <laughs> I went out and did all the same edge work and the just as good at it. And so from there, I started um, taking on private lessons. And I did that camp, I think, for eight years, eight summers, which was awesome. And then I continued doing my own thing and organically and unintentionally started a business. So um, here I am now. I'm 31. So 15 years later, still, still at it. And yeah, just loving it and 
continuing to grow as a coach and yeah, it's the greatest sport in the whole world. So that's my story. No, that's fantastic. And, and where, where did that take place? Like, where did you grow up? And, and were you guys a, you know, you mentioned your older, but were you guys like a hockey figure skating family that just like loved the game? Uh, or or where, where did, you know, everything kind of collide there? Yeah. Um, no. So like my parents, um, had nothing to do with any sport that was on ice. My dad was a bull rider and my mom was a soccer player. So, um, I actually, I, I'm sure by my name, Katie Jo West, uh, I was born to actually be a cowgirl (laughs) and that did not, that did not take place. Uh, so, um, when I was, I think I was like five or six, my mom, so my mom was also a school teacher. She had a student who was a figure skater and I went to watch like a little ice show and I was like, I want to do that. So from there, that's how I start actually started skating. And then because I was skating, my brother started playing hockey. So that's how, um, we both got into the ice sports. Um, and it's very interesting. I'm still obviously skating and my brother is a full-time cowboy so um <laughs> Roll <I'm> like, reversal. <laughs> yeah, i think yeah. i was like uh, i think i was adopted i don't belong in the family um, <laughs> i know but they're like obviously very supportive of what i do and what they do is awesome and i respect it and it's just not my thing um, um but yeah so that's how i got into skating um and, sorry what was your other question where, where where did that all take place when you were oh, 16 yeah, yeah, and yeah. with the coach and stuff? Like, where, where, where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up um, in Arvada, Colorado. The rink that I skated at, though, was the ice center at Promenade. So that's in Westminster, Colorado. Um, okay. But, yeah, I was born and raised in Colorado, and now I live in Minnesota. So I'm <laughs> hitting up a, bit, a bigger hockey market. Yeah. That's yeah, that's sure. amazing. You know, and, you know, growing up in Colorado, you know, you know, your future was on the ranch and being a cowgirl. Yeah. The mindset, though, this is what I wanted to get into. When you started figure skating, it's a very individualistic sport, you know, unless you were doing, yeah. you know, doubles or whatever, um, or pairs. But I, um, <clears throat> I wanted to touch on that. You worked individually on your skating because you had to, because you wanted to perform at the highest level. And yeah. translating that mindset to what you're teaching, like teaching a foundation that is so important for hockey players, even though it's not like the funnest thing to to work on, uh, it is the most important thing. And you've done a very good job at kind of like relaying that message. And is that because you were a figure star? Can you talk about kind of like how you translated your own mindset to teaching? Uh, the, the skating, you know, efficiencies of edges and the edge work that you that you do now to hockey yeah. players. Yeah. So I guess a few points I can make on this is, um, first of all, obviously hockey is a team sport, but um, individual players have their own needs and individual players play certain roles within their team. And so I think it's really important as skill specific skating here Um to be able to hit each player's individual needs while also having enough capacity to teach a whole team. So um, that's a balance that I really try to have is like, if I'm on the ice with a full team that I'm hitting individual needs, but also hitting the masses with um, the foundation, like you said. So yeah, it's like a balancing act, but I think it's very important. And the other thing is 
um, I've been doing this, like I said, for 15 years. And when people hear power skating, it's like, ugh, ugh. like not one kid ever walks on the ice and is like, yeah, I want to power skate. And if they do, I'm like, you're weird. Um, so <laughs> I, um, I really try to make it enjoyable. Um, because like you said, it is the most important part of the game. Um, but it's the worst to train. So as skating coaches, we don't want to create an environment that's miserable. Um, I want to make it educational, but also like fun. Let's, let's have some fun while we're doing it. Otherwise we're all just going to be like, see you never. <laughs> they don't want to come back. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we so, just go stick handle in the corner and, and go yeah, oh, for sure. shoot pucks over the net and hit the glass. Yeah, I think um, oftentimes I find I feel accomplished when I make it through an entire session and a kid didn't ask for a puck. I'm like, I have done a good job. <laughs> and I, as I progress with some of these athletes, like eventually we do put pucks on the stick with our skating skills, but you have to meet a very high standard in my book before we touch pucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it's important that, like you said, um, and we try to relay this too, is like skating is the, is the most important piece of the game and it might not be the funnest, but I think you, you know, in watching your videos and reading up on you and stuff like you, you really do a good job of keeping it fun out there. Like what are some of the tactics for, for, you know, some of us coaches to, that, that you try to bring to your practices or your skill sessions, I should say that, that, that make it fun. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing like I initially try to do when I'm either meeting a group or um, getting on the ice with some kids for the first time is I try to be relatable. So being a female in this sport has also like made this have to happen in a way. Um, and also being a figure skater or a former figure skater in this sport, I've had to go use the same journey, I guess, um, as far as like getting these kids to buy in. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's just being relatable. Like, talking about things that maybe are not hockey related, like where do you go to school? Just getting, getting some of the details about their life because that shows them that I care and which I like, it's not a facade. I, I truly care about every individual athlete that I skate with. So I genuinely want to know about them. And that, I think that gives some sort of buy-in. So then they're like, okay, this girl is going to care about me and teach right, me. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I think I want to believe her. Um, and so, and then the other thing that I think also helps with an athlete's belief is I'm not the skater that comes on the ice and is like, Hey kid, we're going to go skate to that cone and you're going to do a transition here and then pivot around here. And like, I am actually showing them what I want to see. And so they're like, Oh, well, she can do it. Then she must know what she's talking about. Um, right. It's like, kind of hard for me to see a skating coach not actually skate <laughs> um, like that's part of that's part of the gig is like getting all the different types of learners some kids are visual learners so I want to be able to demonstrate it and not just demonstrate it while I'm like roughly talking about it and I guess excuse my language but half-assing it I want to like show them exactly what I see and then I always give like this is not just what I want to see but this is why and then the final part that I like try to hit on is like, this is not just why here, but this is why in your game. So this is where we need the translation of where it fits in the game. I think that's part of skating coaching and power skating that is 
not done enough is like, where are we actually implementing it? Um, so that's the buy-in, but then also I wear pink overall, so you can't like, you can't, you can't, you can't like mercy. take me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, they take me seriously, but it's also like, I'm approachable and fun. So we, right. we yeah. It's like how I talk to them. I try to make it fun. And I'm also like, I don't know, I, I kind of chirp them a little bit where I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was horrible. Do it again. Uh, <laughs> so, right, right. Like, it's not mean, but it's like, I don't know. You just like. Yeah, you want to see it done. A certain, <laughs> right, right. You, and, and you want to see it done a certain way and you're going to have some laughs with them and, and things like that. But I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, kids relate to that as well. Right. Like some humor and some laughs and not taking everything so seriously especially this day and age and i think like you said that um you know in coaching like i've coached three teams for a number of years now and it it i would say 90 percent of hockey players are rockheads like like me and mike and and that we are visual learners like when when i can yeah. watch you do it or and and relate and i think another thing that's really key and and, and i've talked to dina taylor a lot who's out here and um you know does some power skating coaching like if if we can demonstrate you know these different moves and where they've worked it like and they can see a connor mcdavid do it or a nathan yep. mckinnon or whoever it may be right patrice bergeron if you and this is why we're gonna you know get onto this um you know yeah. inside to outside edge and puck protection uh the, yep. you know those videos and being able to relate those things are so important for now that player to say oh okay like this is why i need to learn you know, my inside outside edges and that balance. A hundred percent. I think the power of technology is like every coach should be using it. We, I mean, we pull the TV out on the ice and like you said, we'll pull NHL clips, good skating that we see. And um, it really does help these athletes like actually want to do it because they can see it. And then with that, we will also film them and then put them on the TV so we can, be like, hey, you know, we're not calling you out here, but this is the common error that the whole group is doing. So everyone's learning from each other. Or we can be like, this was awesome. This is what we want everyone to do. And they just absorb and learn so much better when they can visually see it. So my, my question is, so when you're saying, you know, about the skating and, you know, kind of like the, the techniques and then how it can apply to a game, have you gotten yeah. better as, you know, kind of an evaluator of the game or a student of the game to – kind of like see where that skating kind of fits at the highest level, at junior levels, at, at youth levels. Um, so, you know, seeing that you you didn't necessarily play, but have you become more of a student because of that and in, in allowing your students to be able to – or teaching them where it can fit in the game? Yeah. So I think I've, I obviously had the background of knowing the game through my brother playing, mm -hmm. but – also, it's been it's sort of been a blessing that I didn't play because I'm more intrigued about not just where the game is now, but the trajectory of where it's going. So I I want to serve my athletes the best that I can. So I am a hundred percent like continual, always continue to be a student of the game because it's always changing and evolving um, with how the game is going. So I can train them that way, if that makes sense, because mm -hmm. it's only going to become more skilled, more speed, um, all the things. So, um, but yes, I, I, I study skating so much and it's so interesting to sit and chat with people that aren't skating people and like show them what I see. And then it's like, that's, 
it's just like all the different types of brains and how they see the game. It's like, it's so fun. <laughs> As a coach, did you, um, was there like a mentor that you kind of leaned on and said, oh, okay, like this is who I really want to coach. Like, I, you know, at 16 years old, I can remember being a high school kid, college kid coaching. And you kind of like, you don't know who you are, right? As a coach, you're yeah. just like, for us, you know, I was working like summer camps, right? And work with my dad and, and things like that. But yeah. was there somebody that stood out to you that you're like, okay, this is like the, 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 the personality that I kind of want to create and take from this person and maybe learn from and, and relate to the players that you're coaching? Yeah. So I would say that I had so many coaches growing up where I've taken bits and pieces of things that I enjoyed about that coach. And I've tried to emulate that with my athletes. And I think, sadly, there's also coaches that I've wanted to be the exact opposite of. Right. So yeah. um, you, you, and you sort of learn your different athletes, different personalities. And so you, you kind of have to absorb and adapt to what, what the skater needs um and how how they are absorbing the info and learning so um yeah i definitely have i have many too many good coaches to <laughs> name them all um but I, I like i said i think more than anything i don't want to be like the ones <laughs> i didn't learn much from <laughs> that's a great point and that's a great message to coaches that are listening to this it's i feel the same way and by i'm sure you're in the same boat um you know I've, ha I've had a lot of coaches that you know even at a young age like that i take p bits and pieces of and like and there's like drills and like mentality and approaches and and then th the ones that weren't great and i just mentioned this to my uh, son's team last night i'm like i've been around a lot of coaches and i'm taking bits and pieces and you know, i had some shitty coaches and i had some great coaches but you know, you get a lot of information and, you know, you just try to piece it together and make it just your own uh, through your yeah. own personality and your own approach. And, you know, and it's working, you know, and again, like you, you said about like social media or like uh, technology in general is so valuable. And, you know, yeah. we wouldn't know who you were if it wasn't for social media. So like you're doing a great job on that end. Can you talk about, you know, like, how that kind of came about i mean you're a little younger than than us but like the social media is a huge yeah, like resource there's, there's an army of, there's an army of people on the ice with their video owner that's what it is right yeah i'm like i'm like she's doing a great job she's like doing the right things like demonstrating showing kids and then but like again going back to like you're demonstrating so well and you know when you see the kids try to do it they can't do it as well but they got to work towards doing it as well as you're demonstrating and i think that's so valuable for the kids yeah i mean you know social media is like the wild west it's it's very interesting world um i, I must say in the past few weeks i've been pretty quiet on social media um just like sometimes you got personal things going on in the world and it is a hockey page and i'm you know, not always trying to share what's going on in my life if it's mm -hmm. not hockey related. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I've been a little quiet, but, um, I guess how I started social media is I had a friend who was like, you need an Instagram. And I was like, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, my, my Instagram, Katie Joe power skating at the time sat 
literally dormant for an entire year. And I would get people that would DM it and be like, what is this page? And I, I would just not respond. Um, and then one day I was like, okay, I'm going to tackle this thing. So um, I would get so nervous about posting. And at the, at the time it was like, there wasn't many videos. It was mostly photos. And once in a while you toss in a video and I'd have a friend post what I wanted. I'd say, Carly, can you please, this is what I want to post today. And she would post it and I would not look at it. Cause I was like, I do not want to know what people have to say. Um, well, eventually like it just started building and growing and people had really nice things to say. And, you know, there's, there's some internet trolls out there that they're just that. <laughs> so right. um, you have to, I just know that like, I don't know if everything I'm teaching is perfect and it's the best way and it's the end all, you know? So, but I'm, I'm just a person and I'm here to learn. And um, yes. hopefully what I do teach is helping someone. And I do know that a lot of things that I teach, I've been doing this, like I said, a long time, a lot of things I teach, they work well. Um, I, as the game evolves, I continue to evolve as a coach with how I teach. Um, so I try to keep that real on my social media as well. Like, right. this is just what I do. Like if it does, I'm not saying you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's important. Uh, and, and, you know, no matter what, right. And, and Mott's and I deal with the same stuff. Like the haters are going to hate, right. Like you said, the trolls, like everybody's going to say, oh, you know, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And, and and you can say like, as long as you're confident and you can say like, this is what we're doing. This is what, what I'm teaching. And you know, it works for people. It might not work for you. You know what I mean? But yeah. give it a try. And, and, you know, I think it, you, you do a, gr a great job of it and getting out there and it shows your personality and all that stuff. And, um, and that's what it's all about. Right. And Mike and I are like, we're, we're older than you. So we're, like, we have a hard time even, you know, we're we're working off like iPhone fours here. Yeah, flip flip phones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I feel no, like I. You, dude, you take the video. No, you take the video. I'm, yeah, I'm but... taking the video. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I can't even take a picture with my wife. She yells at me every time, and you know, whatever. So. That's what it's I've been. Bad. I've been. I, I was just saying this that like, um. So my I work a ton with Danny Heath, and we were just talking about how everyone's like hiring these videographers to come film their skill sessions and all these videos are like so professionally done and i'm like what happened to the days where it was just like filming on an iphone actually like i, I said yeah. i'm not really learning anything from all these like professional clips because they're just so fancy that they swipe from clip to clip and i'm like what am i actually learning and on my page i try to i'm i'm using like an iphone something <laughs> maybe not even in the double digits i don't know um, so it's all iphone and it's definitely not professional and i'm no i'm not very tech savvy so um uh, but i really just want to educate in a way or like this is what i'm teaching or showing what i'm doing um but also not giving away all my secrets because i want people to come to my camps and sure. learn and get value there i don't want them to just be able to find me on my free instagram page <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, I wanted to get into that too, because obviously I know you're also involved with the. Um, what, I don't know. Is it Stride.OS, the the power skating trainer? Like, so so you're you're involved with that. Um, yeah. And, and do you want to talk about that quickly or, sure. or 
however yeah, and then of we course. can start get into your camps and where you're at and and maybe we can get you out to boston i mean yeah, i'd love that yeah you're, you're, you're all over the place but i think we could try to set something up out here yeah i i mean i would love to <laughs> let's make it let's do a little east coast tour um exactly yeah so this, exactly the stride os um so it's called stride operating system um it's kind of funny story i i got a dm from sauce toss like the backyard hockey game yeah. Yeah. and they they uh were like hey we've we're working on a project uh we, we'd love to hop on a zoom with you and i was like these guys must not know that i don't have any hands like i don't know why they <laughs> want to work with me um and so i responded and i was like yeah let's do it like i'll see what they've got going oh well, it ended up being the same owner um owns the power skater which is the stride os um machine and which is like definitely more up my alley and so right. <laughs> um so when i when i was chatting with them and i kind of they were showing it to me i i was really skeptical because i was like i don't know if this is going to align with the mechanics and technique that i believe in but i'll give it a try so they flew me out and I got in their studio and got on the machine and I was like, holy heck, this thing is so good. <laughs> um, and so that's when I decided I wanted to like work with them in a bigger capacity. Um, so essentially right now I am like a Stride OS trainer. It's, it's a, we try to like think of it like a Peloton type thing mm -hmm. for hockey players where it's a machine. Um, I what I really, really like about it is it supplements what I'm doing on the ice. So in fixing a stride, I mean, fixing the foundation, which is forward skating, um, it would take me, who knows, an ungodly amount of life to fix a skater with a bad stride. And this machine can fix all the common errors, like the heel kick up, um, poor recovery, bad arm swing, um, bad upper position, bad head movement, like that. Um, so it sort of resets the form off ice, fixes that muscle memory. And then when I, we get on the ice, I'm like, oh, this has made my life so much easier. Wow. Um, so it's been really fun to uh, get creative with it. Because, I mean, essentially, like, it is just striding, but We've done lots of stick handling, lots of passing with it. We've done stuff with medicine balls. We've done stuff with other resistance bands. We've done, they have a crossover attachment. So we've done lots of crossover work. Um, it's an enjoyable journey to get to work with the machine. So, um, yeah, I, I recommend that athletes, if they want to reset their stride form, um, that they either have a coach that invests in one um, or they get one for themselves because it is, it's really good. <laughs> and then where can you find it? Yeah. So it's on their website, uh, strideos.com. Um, or you guys can come to my Instagram and I can guide you there. <laughs> I think that's a better, better play. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, yeah. That's and, great. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, cause I've seen you um, kind of demonstrating some of the techniques on it and, you know, yeah. what, how does it actually work? Is it, it it's not such as is, is a static track or like, is there different things that you can uh, change the angle? Uh, can you just talk about like kind of like the, the basic yeah. 
kind of fundamentals of, of the machine? Yeah, so um, there's obviously two tracks and they call it the truck is attached to the track and then on the truck is the footrest. And so how you change the angle of the stride is by adjusting that footrest um, for more turnout or less turnout. I would say 15 years ago when I started teaching, I would have been teaching the full turnout. Mm-hmm. Now I teach more of, I, I, I pull those footrests in as kind of as straight as possible. And so then when the athlete goes to push back onto that footrest, they can turn their foot out naturally to like get that toe push at the end. But then the recovery comes in like a glide. Um, mm-hmm. with your foot forward. So um, you can make that adjustment with it. The other adjustment you can make is uh, different resistance bands. So um, for a younger athlete, we would probably use the yellow band, which is least resistance. Um, and then for the stronger athletes that have been working for a while, you can use this like really sturdy black band that just makes it harder. And mm-hmm. what's awesome about it is you can do different workouts for different things. So if I'm just resetting form, I'm probably just going to use the standard red band. Um, If I'm working on muscle strength, I'm going to use a black band and give them a workout that's specifically for that. If I'm working on muscle endurance, where I'm like, okay, we're going to skate your entire shift here. Actually, we'll probably overtrain your shift. So let's go skate for a minute. I'm probably going to use maybe the red band or the blue band, um, which is Mm like the medium level ones, immediate level. Um, So you can make those adjustments. But as far as the angle of the tracks go, the tracks don't move at all. Um, But if you want to adjust your foot angle, that's how you would do that is with that foot rest. Um, Yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, the machine looks really cool. And I really like the, um, you know, I mean, it's, we've seen so many advances and things like that. And we grew up, um, you know, like, the old school slide boards, right? Mots. Yeah, like that was, exactly. a, it was <laughs> a big thing. And, and, but I mean, a lot of people, and I can remember, you know, our first training and, and, you know, like start working out with Mike Boyle when we were whatever, 12, 13 years old. And like, he always got the slide boards going. And now it's like, this is just another advancement. And like, Oh, wow. Look at, you know, this is um, just in watching the videos, obviously I haven't seen it live, but, but seeing what you guys do and, and the website and stuff, it looks, uh, really cool and something that, that people can, um, benefit from. And in terms of on ice, you know, I wanted to, um, you know, talk about like, so obviously your home base is now, you know, talk a little bit about like where your home base is now and then like where people can find you online and, you know, are you doing yeah. like mostly local stuff or, you know, I know that, you know, you, 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 you're out and you travel and, and you go to, you know, places all over the place. And, and so, so yeah. how does that all work? Yeah. So I, gosh, this summer has been nuts. I've never traveled so much. And then um, amongst all the traveling with all these camps, I, I moved um, to a new state. So um, I went from doing a, a professional goalie camp in Breckenridge, Colorado, to then having to be out of my house in four days, to then going straight to Antonio, Texas for a coast-to-coast camp. <laughs> and then I I moved, um, spent, I think, three days in my new place, and then went to San Diego, California for a camp, and then it just, like, has continued. So I am ready for, like, a – I'm kind of taking, like, a little breath um, <laughs> currently. Um, so – uh, yeah, you yeah, need to you need to hit the reset button. Yeah, for sure. And as 
little, a little R and R. Yeah, for sure. So hockey players, their off season is my busy season. So right. um, uh, as as I'm going into the fall here, I will be doing mostly local things um, here in Minnesota. So um, if you're local to Minnesota, I'm happy to skate with you. <laughs> we can try to coordinate. Um, and yeah, so nothing that's like anything monumental right now on, on the calendar. Um, just trying to move and get settled and um run a few morning sessions uh run a few camps with my friend danny uh he's with project hockey but other than that we're just staying local and then come next summer i'm i guess i'm ready to hit the road again <laughs> ready to come so, to the east um, coast yeah yeah exactly. we can start we can start planning our i i definitely need to like not move in that time frame or at least be more maybe more selective about the camps that I'm doing out of state but um I am obviously super happy to travel and uh yeah I get on the ice with anyone that wants to learn and work hard and yeah do the do the do the power skating <laughs> that's great yeah you know getting just like to like the fundamentals it's, I was just thinking about this like so the three edges right you got the inside outside the flats and I just we tried as so we do a defenseman camp and efficiencies yeah. on edges. Like I, I really wish I learned this stuff when I was younger and being able to manage speed a little bit more, or just being more efficient. You know, when you transition, yeah. do you teach for that reason? Like so, like let's just say forward or D. Like, do you have specific drills or specific movements for D and forwards? Um, because yeah. like when we do our D stuff. You know, like, I wish I, you know, could do like the toes back outside edge to outside edge. And, you know, I already have my momentum and because I wasn't yeah. very explosive. So we try to teach that and manage like the, the time and space and, you know, the lateral yeah. movement. And so do kind of doctor it towards a forward or a D? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it depends on age and ability. So mm -hmm. with like the younger kids, um, I'd say probably like up to Bantam. Um, like high school age, I'm really just setting a foundation and maybe not being so position specific. But once you are older and you, you're set in your position, we are definitely position specific. So back at the beginning of our chat, I was talking about hitting individual needs. And this is like, like I said, the role or your position is super important when I'm deciding what I want to work on with you or what we're we're deciding together what we want to work on. Um, I talk about this a lot. Like I'm, I don't come on the ice and say, we're going to work on this today, which that is in my head what I want to say, because I like have so many ideas of what I want to work on, but I know I'm there to serve them and they're the ones playing in the game. They're the ones that are feeling what they feel on the ice in their skates at their practice. Like they know what their potential flaws are. Um, so if I have a defenseman that's like, I'm having trouble regaining speed after my transition, what can we work on that? I'm like, absolutely. Let's see what we're working with. So either they can show me a clip of them in a game, or they can show me like a reenactment of like, this is, this was the scenario and this is where I fell off, or this is what continues to happen, or this is where I don't get on my edges enough, or this is where I like miss a push or can't find power. So I'm listening to them and like trying to understand what they need. And then from there, I'm 
going to work on that with them. So, and then also like, I don't want them to forget that I am the expert. So they're what we do, but I try to, like I said, hit their specific needs. Um, and at that older level, they know what they need to work on in some capacity. What's the typical ages that, that you, you know, I'm sure you're getting some requests and, and working with young kids, but if you, you know, develop the, the business enough now where you're getting into working with like college and pro guys? Yeah. I, I think that I love little kids. Like I'm, like I'm a mom. I, I love little kids. Um, so I'm definitely fine to work with younger athletes, but my specialty is like so detailed and technical that I want to fix this. I want to do the fine tuning and fix the small details um, mm. with, with the more elite player. So um, yeah, I, it's very, it's kind of odd. Sometimes when you work with like a really high level player, they are, they're working on like the very basic thing that you would work with a kid that's never skated before just to like reset the foundation. But then I also get these higher level athletes that almost like think they know it all. And so it's like, well, I could teach you a thing or two. <laughs> uh, right. So it, it, sometimes it just, it really depends on the person. Um, but yeah, as far as how detailed they want to learn, um, like I said, it, it's an individual thing. Um, so I recently, um, this summer was on the ice with a, a very famous um, defenseman and it was like the most insane thing, how detailed he wanted to get and the, how, how many questions he asked. It was like, it was such an enjoyable experience because I could just like do my thing and explain what I was explaining. And it was like, it just snowballed. Um, so and, it felt good to like nerd it out a little bit. Oh yeah, exactly. That's yeah, exactly that's like yeah. the best way of describing it. Yeah. Um, but then but also like you just said, and, and this is a great example. And obviously if you, you don't feel comfortable saying their names, like that's fine. But I think it's so important to just say, like the best, you know, famous defensemen, best players, you know, some of the best players that like they're sponges, right? And yeah. that's what we try to really, um, you know, talk about a lot on this show is like being coachable and asking questions and yeah. being a sponge is important if you want to get to the next level. Yeah. I mean, you because now that I know him and see how he is, like it makes total sense why he's played in the league and as long as he has had as long as he has and also um has evolved with the game like he has i think that we see some of these veterans in the game and that's like gosh you're like kind of playing the same skill level that you've always played but they've got big names and yeah at, at some point their career is going to end where this individual he just like is so invested in where the game is going and I, that like i said that's that's my thing. I love that. And so it was just very, it was awesome. But then I, like, I also said, I get some that are like, it's, it's almost too hard or it's like too much thought, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Cause it's like, no, like you need this. <laughs> I promise you need this. <laughs> Do you think some guys are, you know, afraid to fail if they're yeah. not doing it correctly or whatever? And yeah. Are they intimidated like, by the pink overalls, you think? <laughs> <laughs> like that, it's the, like, I, I know those are probably. Who's this, who's yeah, this gal? 
Who's this yeah. little yeah, yeah, like... gal? <laughs> think she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But then it's like I am this little five two gal, but I'm like out skating you. So I think right. that that's kind of yeah, like kind of maybe intimidating or like they don't want to they don't want to fail or they it, and like I said, what I do teach it it can be very difficult and does take a lot of mindfulness. And there's some athletes that love that and some that are like. I'm ready to hit up the Chipotle and then the golf course. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, I remember seeing something, you know, you're like, Hey, I might be five too, but I'm a firecracker and you know, I'm going to tell it how it is. And yeah, <laughs> some people can take it. Some people can't. So yeah, for sure. And I'm like, that. I always come on the ice. I'm like, I look super nice, but this is going to be super hard. So. <laughs> right. No, that's that. That's great stuff. Um, Mata, you got anything else? I think this has been fantastic. If there's anything else, um, you know, Katie, that you you you, you want to talk about, but I think, uh, you know, we're learning a lot from you. This has been a, a pleasure to have you on. We don't want to take, uh, you know, you, you got so much going on here. We've taken enough <laughs> of, of, of your time, but uh, I think this has been great. And I think we should really, you know, look at trying to get you. What would be like an ideal number to to try to get you out in terms of like players on the ice? Or do you really like to keep it small? Like what's your ideal number? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be like around no bigger than a than a team really um, mm -hmm. would be awesome. Uh, I I get really frustrated when I, especially with like just teaching skating specifically. I'm like, nobody can teach skating to... 40 individuals on the mm, ice. Yeah. Um, exactly. unless you have 10 coaches <laughs> out there. Right. Um, so I, I prefer smaller numbers, but also I love this. So I'm happy to help no matter what the number is like I would. And that's probably like business wise. I'm not that great because I'll show up for a camp. That's got like five kids <laughs> when I probably should have. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> You know, it's just, I don't want to let anyone down. And it's part of, probably part of the business side that I need to work on is those boundaries. But um, yeah, to answer your question, probably like around the 20 range. Yeah, yeah no, no. And that that's just like, you know, we're the same way. We don't like to go too big. And obviously, like, you know, we like to be able to split up and be able to really spend that individual um, yeah. attention, especially like with us where we do more defensive specific things it's important yeah. because it's like they need to 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 learn and see it and get reps and be corrected yeah. where if you have 50 kids on the ice that makes it very difficult to do right like yeah you're out well, there for an hour or an hour and 20 minutes and and you're like you you don't have an, there's not enough time so that no, was more what, chaos, what i meant by it yeah i'm i'm with you i can't i don't the time does go by fast when there's 50 kids on the ice, but right. that's not what I'm there for. I'm the, I'm there to, it sounds like so cheesy, but like, I want to change lives. I want to have a bigger impact than just um, going to collect a buck with 50 kids on the ice. Right. 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 And so Instagram, the real Katie Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so we just want to make sure that all our listeners check you out. Um, well, thank you. And, and then we get, you know, link to the uh, the Stride OS and yep, make sure that you check all, all our over Instagram. So yeah, uh, great. I I get a lot of DMs, but if anyone has any skating questions, I try to I try to respond to as many as I can. So 
I'm happy to hopefully see your DM if you want to know anything power skating related um, or about the stride machine. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, this has been great. Really, uh, we thank you again for taking the time. We'll have to uh, catch up, uh, you know, again soon, and hopefully we can uh, awesome. we can get you out here, out east, and you can, you know, you never know. You might be moving again. You'd be like, wow, I like I like yeah, Boston. Let's go to Boston. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's go there, right? But no, this is great. Thank you again for taking the time, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see you on the gram. That sounds great. Thank you guys for having me. Um, and yes, be on the gram. <laughs> All right, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. That interview with Katie Joe was also brought to you by Sparks. Sparks is the at-home or on-the-road skate sharpening machine. Head on over to SparksHockey.com and use BY Moss for fifty dollars off your Sparks sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient. Easy to use and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. I was on the ice tonight, Mots. I was, the, you know, I tried to demo a couple drills and I literally thought to myself, I'm like, all right, I'm a couple weeks into the season here. I've been on the ice a few times. It's time to get the, you know, to buzz the wheels. And there's no better way to do it than Sparks Hockey. Uh, they take care of us. And they'll take care of all the hockey parents uh, and players out there. And there's no better way to do it. That at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. Um, Mott's great interview with Katie Joe. Awesome learning about her story. Obviously, you know, we've connected with her on uh, on social media, on Instagram, and following her. And just a really cool story. Uh, you know, good person. It was, uh, it was you know, fun to hang out and, and catch up with her and talk about skating and uh and and her path to where she got to where she is today yeah you know it's interesting because we you know we talked about in the interview about you know social media and media and it really shows the power of it right so i i saw her i sent something to you you sent something back you know she really does know what she's doing but like the cool part is that she can demonstrate it right mm -hmm. there's some people that really know it but can't really teach it you know by demonstrating and she's like fun energetic you know puts a lot of you know really cool stuff out there and that's really how we got exposed to her and it was kind of neat to like catch up uh over social media and have her on the show because she's uh she's a sweetheart of a a person and a little little bit of a a spitfire when it comes to you know hey you gotta listen you gotta you're out here for a reason and let's get after it and she totally beats up her you know kids like like kind of blows them out of the water with some of those drills too oh which yeah. is so, yeah. which is so cool no it's awesome and uh yeah it, it especially when you you know you see her she's got the pink overalls on and you know hockey guys being stubborn bastards that we all are like Oh yeah, you can't do what I do, right? And then she gets the you know the hockey skates on and like let's go. So it really is. Uh, it's cool. It was great chatting with her, and you know we we'll, hopefully we can set something up with her where she comes out or we go out to Minnesota yep. and get uh, you know get on the ice with her. It's uh, she's very current. She's very good, and we uh, you know we enjoyed chatting with her with her for sure. Um, and we do have to follow up uh, with some of our contacts out there in Minnesota so that she can have. You know a little bit of a um 
not a pipeline, but like just uh, some people that she can kind of lean on to kind of grow her business in a, in a hockey market. And she's going to be fine either way, I, I believe, but you right. know, just to have some quality people to kind of advocate for in, in a, a spot that she just moved to. And um, it's really cool. And I like her approach though, too. You know, she's like, you know, they're the ones playing the game. You, mm-hmm. you want to be the best player possible when the puck drops and a lot of times the best skaters keep excelling at each level whether you're might to square it's worth to peewee all the way through and then you see some of these top nhl players that can skate they're gonna keep playing they're gonna get contracts they're gonna keep playing and um you know so as boring as it is at times um she keeps that in perspective but she also makes it fun which is a really really nice dynamic and it's a, a, a skill set that she has and, you know, her, you know, again, going into like some of the stuff that she, uh, she's promoting now, right. You know, her stride, um, OS, you know, right. Yeah, no, it's great. And like you said, and, and like she said in the interview too, the, uh, you know, I, when I was doing a lot of skills for the, the Terriers program, things like that, like, you know, you, like I enjoyed doing the power skating stuff and doing the edges and stuff and, coming from a guy who wasn't the greatest skater i'm like this is what you guys need to do this is what mm-hmm. you need to get good at and you could see the kids that were are, are really hungry for it and want it they listen and pay attention the other kids they like whine and complain and want to go get a drink of water their parents are like oh it's kind of boring like and it's they're they're making excuses for them and it's like all right we know what type of player you're gonna be it's it, right it's that easy you know you're gonna like, be limited yeah very limited so Remember that it's it, it's super important. Um, well, it's now it's time for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Uh, if you had the opportunity to be drafted by any hockey team or any sports team from any era, which team would you choose and why? Wow, that's a good one for the old my hockey rankings question of the week. Oh man, dude, I was just thinking. You know, it just popped into my head. Imagine playing for like the Dallas Cowboys with like Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin. Like, not that I'm like a Cowboys fan or anything, no. but like they were unbelievable. They like party too. That's what I mean. Like, they had an absolute time and they were in the mix. Like, that would have been pretty cool. I don't know why that, you know, why Coach Prime's on my mind. Oh, yeah. Coach Prime. Coach Prime's <laughs> what on a my story mind. so I far, saw, right? I saw the big eight, eight Michael Irvin on the um on the sidelines of the the Colorado game on Saturday when I had it on the tube in the t- in the hotel room, and uh, yeah, I think that's maybe why. But so any sports team, I, I guess I'm going, you know, just off the rip right now. I can't believe I didn't say like, you know, Red Sox or Patriots or something like that. But just I'm thinking like. You know, those 90s Cowboys team must have been pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a pretty good one. I mean, I, I, would, I would go um, 86 Red Sox and just All just right. get them over the hump, you know, like. Oh, I, so I mean, you're going to be that yeah, difference I would maker. Be the, I would be the difference maker. <laughs> I mean, Maybe I come instead <laughs> instead of. Dude, that's uh, how old your phone is. <laughs> I would come in instead of Bob Steema Stanley and uh, not throw a pass ball, and you win it, you know, mm-hmm. in game six. Um, 
or 88 Bruins. Actually, 88 Bruins, they, they got pumped because Gretzky was still there against Edmonton. I'd say 90 Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. But wasn't that Gretzky too? Wouldn't was no, he wasn't there. That, that was mess. Mess was the captain. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was still pretty young for eighty six. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I was that just was like Peter Klima. Peter Klima was. Uh, yeah, was I'm not sure the, what the one it was. It was either eighty eight or ninety. I think. Here, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, we could do some. I think they got up, swept. But... They may have got swept both, but anyway, I and they just didn't have a chance in '88. But it was uh just that was when I was just really such a a fan watching every game and yeah. trying to be like Ray Bork and you know at the end of the day and Cam Neely and at the end of the day you know if I could so like <laughs> drafted never mind uh, being like the difference maker. <laughs> so I did. I totally didn't answer the question. Yeah, you didn't answer the question. Oh, that's how I'm like, wow. You, yeah, you, 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 you kind of made up your own question. No, I did. Um, that's but awesome. I thought it was good stuff. Like where where you came up with that. Yeah, um, yeah I'm just talking about like fitting in. A, could have been like whatever, like a a D back or something on the on the C boys, but. Um, yeah, you know, but you're, you're, you're not on the legit, practice. You're, you're talking about winning championships. Yeah, but I would have been like the the. I would have been in the mix with those boys. Like me and Emmett Smith would have been hanging. Yeah, would have been all set. Um, a great in terms of I hockey like teams. I know because it really gets you thinking. Um, oh, we're talking drafted now. Not now. You got me all jacked up. I know, but we can change the question a little bit. That's our yeah. show. I mean, you were drafted. Yeah, but I mean, it was to the Rangers. I I played with, you know, Messier and Leach and um, yeah. Richter. That it was that was actually awesome. That, that was like was actually really that, really cool. That's pretty legitimate. But you know, no, now, now be a difference maker like on a <laughs> hockey team. Go ahead. Now you're taking it to a, to a whole nother level. Um, no, obviously, I, I I mean, as a hometown kid, to be drafted by the Bruins or like I think that would be uh, in incredible right to just have that but also that it comes with the expectations but i also think any of the the original six teams or you know put me up in toronto if we're talking like and and let me be the difference maker now maybe maybe i get them over the hump yeah no i'd like that not that i want them to win because it's no but it would be just lose yeah you'd be you know forever a canadian right you know legend actually toronto legend Canadian yeah. in general. I'd be eating poutine for free for the oh, rest of my man. life, wherever I wherever I want it, and drinking Labatt Blue Lights. You'd be like Pizza the Hut. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I that was a great question. Good it job. Was. We could talk um, about this for a long time. I know. This is yeah. <laughs> this is around the hotel with some of your buddies. And, yeah, I was gonna say this is yeah. the uh, a campfire. Yeah. yeah All right. I'll. Uh, there's another one here. All right, get it in us. What are your thoughts on younger players being named captains of professional teams? For an example, Quinn Hughes just named captain of Vancouver, and he's 23 years old. We still don't have a captain for the Bruins yet either. No. You think that's coming? Uh, yeah. Or you think they're going to hold off? That, yeah, no, they'll, they'll announce it soon. 
Maybe we'll announce it tomorrow at the uh, golf outing. Yeah. Hey, that'd be a good time. That'd be like an insider if you got that like on video. Yeah. Just blasted it out there on your iPhone 7. Um, <laughs> it doesn't even have, it doesn't have. Oh, my Twitter up. feed with like 12 people following. Yeah. You on old school Twitter. You haven't even got the X yet. Oh, no. I No, it upgraded on its, on its own. <laughs> I'm like, what is this X? I don't, I didn't download this. I didn't download this thing. I know that's aggravating. Uh, it was very different to, to, you know, to understand at first. I'm like, well, what is this thing? And I'm like, I, it's like a lot of the apps too. I'm like, I don't know what that thing is. So I'm not touching it. Yeah. And it's taking up space. No, what was the, um, in storage probably. What was the question now? I forgot it. Oh, young players being oh, named young captains. captains. Yeah. Um, I think it's fantastic to to see these young guys that I mean it's not like they're just giving them the C immediately. Um I think a lot of these guys you think about the Brady Kachucks of the world. Uh obviously Brady Kachuk who we had on the show and interviewed right his father was one of the youngest captains so it was um it was really good to see that. Uh obviously you know Connor McDavid guys like that have 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 gotten the C for since they were um you know since whatever once they get into it now quinn hughes i mean he's the future of that organization he's the leader and obviously the you know a guy like rick talkett and you know their their coaching staff up there if they didn't see it in them to lead that that organization for the next you know 12 to 15 whatever you know however many years it is i think that it's great to give the young guys that 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 responsibility versus some um you know and and let them be uh their error right it's the quinn hughes error and see how it goes like they're the guy um you're probably gonna see it like who's the captain in jersey now he sure he sure right which he's a young guy i was gonna say if jack uh if if he gets to see but he's already got an a right away right so they're yeah. putting these young guys and the league's changed so much um you know mott's way more than when we were younger and, and you know sure as heck when you were dreaming about being on that 88 Bruins team or 87. So um, I think it's, it, it's a good question. I, you know, like I'm going to say I, I disagree on some okay. level on mm-hmm. some level. I mean, it all depends on the player and the person more the person, because let's just take, you know, you named some really good examples, but let's just take Jack Eichel, for example. Mm-hmm. He's not on a very good team. Vancouver had a terrible year last year. So Eichel had to deal with the media after trying to do so much on his own and didn't have you know some some of the surrounding pieces. And you're young. You're young. You're not real mm-hmm. mature to deal with like the pressures. And there is, you know, that they are still figuring themselves out. And I will say. You know, an Eichel situation, you don't want that to happen where they start getting snippy because they're not mature enough to take on some of the responsibilities of, you know, dealing with like the the elephants, as Coach York said, the, the, you know, yeah. the rabbits and the, you know, the, you, the elephants don't worry about the rabbits, right? Right. So if you're an elephant, you don't worry about the rabbits. He gave this crazy analogy, but it makes sense to me now. So the rabbits are would be like the media and all that stuff, but it plays a big part of being a captain. You're on ice play, 
as being a young player, you might press a little bit. I mean, I can speak from experience. I was in the minors. I got the C. We didn't have a great team. It was during the lockout year. We, you know, it was, we didn't have all like the young, talented players that a lot of teams did. So it was Mm. a great league at the time. But, you know, we struggled a little bit. And I was disappointed in my own play because I wasn't, you know, trying, I wasn't doing enough. You know, I wasn't doing enough. And that was like no media. You're putting too much. Yeah, putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. So I just but these kids so, are all getting but they're all getting paid. They're all getting these big massive contracts. That, that's fine. So, but, so like, they to, have those expectations anyway. So they're gonna they they're gonna if they don't deliver, yeah. like it is what it is. But I think it's a, it's important. Either way, it's a it's another really good one. Um, because it's these kids are getting paid so much earlier now than they were years ago right so the expectations are already there they're signing for 50 60 70 million dollars but i think the big thing on the organization and you talk about it all the time is like it's not just a one-man show it's not just one captain right you have to have that good team leadership and you know that 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 good core group of guys that can go in and go in and speak with the coaches and and have those um you know positive and negative negative conversation so you know hey there's going to be some successful stories there's going to be some that aren't so successful in in my eyes yeah like you know a while back steve eisman was one of the youngest captains to to be named and but like that goes back to the person what type of person are you in are you a mature enough person to kind of withstand some of the heat and still not let let it uh, affect your performance on the ice and that's, um, <clears throat> you know, like you mentioned earlier, the league has gotten younger and younger and younger. So now, like, within your peer group, you know, you might even be a little younger than some of your teammates, but you're a good player. You're providing a lot of value to the on ice. It's just a different dynamic. And yeah. I, I just hope that, you know, organizations just don't do it because, oh, you're a rising star and, you know, we bought you out of your bridge contracts because of, you know, they're trying to like secure their talent because of the salary cap and everything. It just definitely, you know, back back in the day, it was you know teams had control, so they would let you play out your, you know, entry right. level, keep qualifying you for like I think they had you for like four more years, mm-hmm. and then you would sign bigger contracts later on, even. So sometimes you're getting these high-priced free agents that weren't as productive when in their bridge contracts. So organizations have to make that decision to buy out those years and provide a lot of money to these kids, hoping that they're going to continue on a path of development. And you know, and like you made a good point, they're already having pressure to like perform because they're getting paid, but. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the added pressure sometimes for certain players is necessary to give them the C. You know, and again, like you, you, you named, you rattled off like five that can handle it, and they're going to be absolutely great leaders for a long time. Um, but and I just came up with one. You know, so I, I think you, uh, yeah, you win the debate. No, I, think, I, or... I mean, I think, hey, at the at the end of the day, it's it's on the organization, right? They have to they have to deal with it, and and I think there's a lot of these kids have been put into such pressure pressure situations 
at you know at, at 17 18 19 year, years old so i think they've they've learned a lot now they've gotten the big paydays and you know you hope they've been um you know surrounded by some really good people i just think like when you were going into the the locker room your first training camps and stuff like that i remember you know keith and even when i was floating around a bit like there was everybody was so much older like i mm-hmm. feel like there was always like I think first training camp in in phoenix like Brett Hull was on the team. Like, like he was like 40 something. Like, guys were just like old. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it did, but it was just such a different era of like now these kids are just they there's so much young talent. There's so you know, teams with the salary cap and the way they make it work. So they need to really like entrust in those young guys, right? And it may not, and like you said, I don't know anything about Quinn. Quinn Hughes as a person, not one single thing. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever even heard him speak before. So he could be, it could be a home run. It could be like, oh wow, that was a mistake five years from now. Who knows, right? But uh, we'll see. Be interesting. Yeah, I, I know his uh, his uncle and his dad, mm. and you know if they're anything like uh, those guys. He's a solid. I don't know him as right. well, but you know, no, I wish you know the best for him. I just think it's unfair to like put a kid in that spot, say a kid, but like he's been in the league since he was 18, 19 years old. You know, so he has some experience, but just unfair in certain situations to put right. that pressure on that added pressure yeah. to perform and deal with all the kind of noise as well. But we wish Quinn the best because, uh, you know, again, his dad. I think you made it the the good point too was when they weren't a good team. But I guess like, hey, like Ottawa Senators friggin' stunk. So yeah, like, but they, and Brady. Yeah, but but they're they're in that turnaround, right? And Brady's been there and for for a couple of years now and got the C. So yeah, it's interesting. Hey, the NHL I like good it. stuff it's, and t- two good you, questions, two good ones and. I'll bet you see Badad get the bet the C probably in like a year. No, but he'll be the, he can't. Yes, he'll be even. I think unless yeah. like, hmm. I mean, unless something crazy happens. But well, like he'll he, get it. But they don't have a captain there. No, but like I, I he's do gonna feel... get it. He's gonna get it early, especially. Ah. I mean, I don't know. You know, again, we don't know these kids, right? But but they're a little more I'd mature. They're polished. You know, like they've been around. These kids, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. He I think that he uses it. He's got a Sherwood deal. I have Sherwood gloves right now. So, oh, I was telling, I was telling the kids at practice that Badad sent me the gloves. <laughs> kids, they like, believe you, sure, right? Oh, they're like, you're an idiot, coach. <laughs> and like, no, you can't look at my phone. No, don't do it. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, Obviously, that's great stuff. And yeah, no, by the way, uh, getting back to uh, Katie Joe, make sure you check her out at the real Katie Joe on Instagram, and you can uh, take a peek at that Stride.OS power skating trainer, which uh, she was talking about. I've seen some some clips on there, but yeah, make sure you check her out. Uh, I wish I had that one. How I know, right? You can <laughs> change you? the angles, oh, get some leg man. strength. Seriously, seriously, it would have been uh, 
Would have been nice. But, hey, great episode, Mots. Good catching up. Uh, obviously, we're busy. We haven't even – it's our first time talk, ch- chatting, which was uh, which was good. It was great to connect. Uh, thanks again to Katie Joe for joining us. Make sure we get the mailbag coming up next week. Let's get the voicemail filled up. 3476 shrink. Again, that's 3476 shrink. Uh, hit us up with a couple of voicemails. Now that hockey season's here, we can dive into those. Uh, keep the mailbag questions coming in, rinkshrinks at gmail.com or on the Instagram uh, at the rinkshrinks. Twitter is just at rinkshrinks, right? We got it all. Hit us up. Uh, thanks to the sponsors. Today's episode was sponsored by Sparks Hockey, TSR Hockey, Franklin Sports, and My Hockey Rankings. Mots, what do you say? That it or what? Yep, we'll see you around the ranks. All right, it's time to cue the rink shrink shuffle, Andrew. <laughs>